Welcome to episode one of the You're Not Welcome Here podcast by Ecomatic. I'm Jacqueline Yost. And I'm Kelly Cirillo. And in this episode, Jacqueline and I are excited to share our stories about what led us to sustainable tourism, how we define sustainable tourism, and what we think is not welcome in the sustainable tourism industry. To begin, Jacqueline, do you mind kicking us off with a little bit about you, who you are, your career path, and what led you to, to sustainable tourism? Sure. Well, thanks for asking. So like I said before, I'm Jacqueline Yost and I'm the founder of Ecomatic. So I got into the sustainable tourism industry because I had a background in hospitality and tourism management. I had graduated from the University of South Carolina uh, in 2016. And during that time, I kind of just chose hospitality and tourism because I liked to travel. It had like a cool, it seemed like a cool industry, but I was never exposed to the negatives that could come from the industry. So I had moved to Southeast Asia when I was graduating because I didn't have a job or a life plan. And so I figured going across the world, uh, I could maybe figure it out. And so when I got to Asia, um, I started traveling around and just started recognizing the negative impacts that were occurring because of mass tourism. Sounds kind of cliche, but I was actually in Thailand when like a lot of these things were coming together and like elephant circuses and like the same mass trinkets on every corner and things like that. Um, And I just decided that I wanted to kind of continue to research and understand like how we could still have tourism as an industry because I think there's a lot of positives that can come from it and it's still amazing and it does provide a lot of jobs um, but to mitigate the negative impacts and so I enrolled into a master's program and I was studying international business. I dedicated my research focus to greenwashing and how it relates to eco-labeling and unethical online travel agency platforms and I started Ecomatic as a blog at the same time as well as like involving myself in more conscious communities when I was in Singapore. So through like the mixing of all these things, I kind of had like a, of falling into sustainable tourism and uh, recognizing that side of the industry and how there can be a lot of positives that come from it and how you can kind of create a balance um, of the industry. And um, so, yeah, I, I kind of fell into it that way. And then just from there, um, I utilized my research results and transformed Ecomatic from a blog into a business and um, really fell in love with more of like the sustainable community, not just in tourism alone, but just like in general widespread across industries, because I think that it's like a really amazing to meet so many people that are all working towards positives. Um, so mixing sustainability and tourism was both of my passions combined into one. Um, so that's kind of how I fell into sustainable tourism and what led me here and to meeting you as well, Kelly, and to this podcast. (laughs) So how about you? Do you mind sharing a little bit about yourself, who you are, uh, your career path, and what led you to sustainable tourism? Yeah, for sure. So hi, everyone. Um, As Jacqueline said, I'm Kelly, and as I mentioned before, so Um, I grew up in a kind of rural middle of New Jersey near farms. Um, And so I, you know, at a young age was kind of exposed to, you know, rural, if you will, or kind of suburban farm life and looking at the unsustainable practices of farming in that area. Um, So after growing up there, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. I think as most people, like Jacqueline was saying earlier, you know, I, I thought college would actually sort it out. 
Um, and so I majored in communications, mass media, public relations, communications. And when I graduated, my first job um, was in a fashion showroom in New York City. So I sold, you know, designer clothes to stores at the time. Barney's was like a, you know, giant store that we used to sell to and a lot of designer boutiques. And so in that, I started to see, you know, kind of in the luxury industry, not only in fashion, but kind of broadly, you know, that there were kind of some unsustainable practices. But at that time, you know, a lot of people weren't really talking about sustainability as much. And so um, after I worked at the showroom for uh, about three years, I actually got a job uh, working at a luxury hotel in Soho in New York City, and I was a concierge there. And uh, similarly, in a luxury industry, in, in hotels, that's really when I started to see a lot of the unsustainability in lodging related to um, sustainable tourism. And so just for me, the amount of waste um, that stood out was really concerning, you know, not just in terms of recycling, but just in terms of food waste. And overall, you know, the, the type of guests that stayed there and, you know, they, they weren't really thinking about sustainability and certainly not, you know, looking at kind of the three legs of sustainability, their impacts, you know, socially, economically, environmentally, kind of on the community around them. And so, again, at that time, it was pretty early on in the sustainability discussion. I think now it's definitely more mainstream, but at that time, you know, I certainly wasn't you know, as aware about what sustainable tourism should look like and could look like in that context. But um, slowly it started to kind of emerge. And so after I worked there at that hotel um, for about six years, um, and then I moved upstate to the Adirondacks in really far upstate New York. So it's about, to give you an idea how far upstate, it's about <laughs> two hours from Montreal. So people say upstate and they're like, oh, it's one hour outside New York City. No, this is like six hours from a drive <laughs> from New York City. So it's super far. And one thing that living there taught me was that there's such a deep community connection and appreciation for nature there. It's almost like nature is religion there. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it, but that's, it's like the idea that nature is larger and beyond yourself. And so people kind of like, there's like a worship of nature there that really shifted my perspective. And when I moved up there, I actually was living on a, a small farm. So uh, it was really interesting. I was terrible at farming. Um, when I, I should clarify this. When I lived in Jersey, I never farmed. I lived near farms, but I never farmed. And then moving to the Adirondacks and being in an area that was really appreciative and connected to nature and then living on that farm made me realize like I'm pretty unsustainable in a lot of my practices. And I've been working in an industry in terms of luxury hospitality that is super unsustainable and really disconnected with nature. And it was interesting. I had gone to a lecture, you know, about kind of environmental education and how youth, um, uh, the college where I teach at had, you know, um, uh, lecture talking about how youth are disconnected from nature and how they're more likely to recognize logos like Nike and McDonald's than they are to recognize like tree species or, you know, just an average like flower on a path. And so I, that kind of stuck. Yeah, it was, it kind of stuck with me. I was like, actually, that's me. Like, I don't know anything about, you know, so I owned my lack of knowledge around this and my kind of disc, my own disconnect with nature. And so the more that I was in the Adirondacks, I started to, I, I learned more. I, I tried to listen and kind of watch those around me to learn from them. And, but again, you know, if you've ever lived in the Adirondacks, there's this cliche and this is stereotype of people from Jersey about how they're like disrespectful. And that was me. And so I was trying to figure out how to be better and to understand like the benefits of nature and how that, you know, what that looks like. And so 
that's, you know, in terms of sustainability journey, but what was interesting, and, and like you were saying earlier, Jacqueline, like the combination of your kind of two passions, like sustainability and travel, that's mm-hmm. where mine started mixing. I've always loved to travel. And then I also realized that like a connection to nature and understanding kind of what sustainability looked like was kind of the perfect combo for me. And I, so when I, after living the Adirondacks for a while, um, I ended up getting my master's in communication from the University of Southern California. Um, and it was interesting because for my research with that, I looked at, you know, I was kind of looking about under trying to understand what sustainable tourism should look like in luxury hotels. And so, hmm. um, and in looking at that, I realized how unsustainable it was. Again, this is a while ago. I mean, this is looking back to about, it was almost 10 years ago now. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's certainly not, uh, you know, it's not as me. This is the idea of like sustainable tourism and like sustainability in hotels was not nearly as pro- popular and discussed it as now. Long story short, you know, I, I ended up, um, when I was living in the Adirondacks, I first went back to work at a hotel up there doing a similar role to what I had in New York City. So I was, you know, a guest relations manager there. Um, and after about working there for like six months, I was offered a teaching job um, at Paul Smith's College. So I actually started working there. I'd never taught before, so that was a learning curve for me. But what was interesting is that in that environment, the college where I teach, it's we're surrounded by people that are passionate and really knowledgeable about sustainability. So I like to say it kind of happened organically, like I learned through them. And so sitting in on their lectures and learning, you know, from, you know, the culture of the school, the mission of the school is based on sustainability. So um, I eventually got my PhD um, in leadership and change in my research now um, I got it from Antioch University, and my research now focuses on looking at the social impacts of tourism, um, mostly in UNESCO sites. So looking at how tourism either you know helps or hurts the community that it's in, and, and how that needs to be kind of controlled. Um, and the other thing, you know, in terms of my like path to looking at sustainable tourism, while teaching, I was um, asked to lead a study abroad trip um, with students to Italy. I mean, who would like to turn that down? So I was like, sure, I'll go on a study abroad trip to Italy. That sounds amazing. Long story short, we were working with the UNESCO site there. And um, through that UNESCO site, it's a UNESCO Biosphere Reserve. And the students were working on a sustainable tourism project there. So anyway, through that, I started to learn about and look at how protected areas like UNESCO sites um, can, you know, it's, tourism is a primary economic driver there, but sometimes it's a necessary evil and it really pisses locals off. So I was trying to figure (laughs) out ways that it could, you know, be used for a force for good. So I think that's, you know, where we connect, Jacqueline, on a lot of levels that we see. It was kind of the nexus for both of us, you know, in terms of both of our interests and passions and how, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it can be used as a force for good. So I'm curious, Jacqueline, you know, I know we've talked about this a lot, you know, kind of off air, but considering like now that we understand your path to sustainability and the development of Ecomatic and your current experiences with sustainable travel, like looking back to, you know, what you were sharing about your experience in Thailand, how would you define sustainable tourism? Like thinking of all those things kind of put together, you know, your background, your, your path to this point, you know, how do, how do you define it today? kind of how I have defined sustainable tourism it's I obviously look at like the UNWTO and how they describe it and they put it into all these different pillars of environmental socio-cultural economic Um, but at Ecomatic we also look into supply chain and as well as future goals and I think that this question is 
like you could ask anyone that works in the industry and you'll probably get something different um, <laughs> totally. um, and like what we all think like should be happening within the industry but I think like like you said we connect on a lot of ideals like within the industry and I, I like to kind of like poke holes in what what people consider like sustainable tourism and kind of like look a little bit deeper and so I think like what I've been learning through working with different tourism boards such as Dubai Tourism and kind of also looking into my past travels and also just talk having conversations with like different tourism thought leaders from around the world is that it's really based off of like the destination and their landscape and like what the local market conditions are as well. Um, what you can actually like measure and kind of consider like what can be sustainable. And so to me, what I find most important is the local economy aspect of it. I think like going as local as possible is like the root of what sustainable tourism can be founded on um, just because there's so many positives that come from investing into the local economy and supporting local and smaller businesses. Um, as a traveler, even myself, like when I had just started Ecomatic, I was going out and I would always be more geared towards like the community oriented businesses anyways because they are more likely to be giving back to their community they're likely to be spending money within their local community and by nature of that all they care about the environment so i think like they all go hand in hand and you can't say that one is better than the other because you all need to balance like all these different aspects and pillars of sustainable tourism um, but i always think that that starts um, by staying as local as possible so that's how I define sustainable tourism and kind of like what I look for I'm curious about you Kelly what's your definition of sustainable tourism and what is it and what do you think it's not yeah so I and I think we have a lot of overlap in our definition too because I think and it, that's what I really admired about when we first met, you know, I, I should add this too in terms of how we got connected, um, just for context, and then I'll go into my definition. So Jacqueline and I were connected. I was working on a student project um, with the FISU World University Games, um, looking at sustainable hospitality. And one of the um, people that was in charge of kind of sustainable, creating a sustainable legacy for the games connected, um, Jacqueline and I, because she said that Jacqueline was working on, you know, a sustainable tourism startup with Ecomatic and would be perfect for the student project. So that's how we were connected. Um, and I think that, again, that's what I've admired about Ecomatic is that our definitions are quite similar. And I do like that you add um, the consideration of supply chain and really that focus on economy. Because like you said, it, you know, really is kind of interconnected between those, you know, legs of sustainability. So yeah, I'd say my broad definition and how I like to talk about it, you know, in my classes, but also how I think about it personally is that, you know, in an ideal world, it equally balances, right, the social, ecological and economic parts of sustainability. Um, and it thinks about it now and also for future generations. But that's kind of like the pie in the sky. If everything was perfect, how could it how could this look like? Um, but the, as we both know very well, that's really hard to execute and practice. And truthfully, I've struggled to find a destination or a tour operator or, you know, any business that can perfectly, you know, do that and balance that. So, you know, I, I tend to look at the social aspects of it, you know, and, and recognizing, you know, how the, you know, I like to think, and I, a friend, you know, that I had met at a UNESCO conference had said, um, you know, happy places to visit must first be happy places to live. And I think to me that defines sustainability. So when you have 
and you're thinking about community needs first and the society's needs first of a destination, um, and then planning economically and environmentally around that, you you have happy tourists and then you have happy locals. And so I think that you know they have to work in unison. So mm-hmm. um, and I think also you know thinking about what defining sustainable tourism. I, I think the definition is important, but I also think knowing that like it has to be planned in advance, like it's not something that just happens, like it, it needs to be mm-hmm. planned for and kind of monitored. So, um, you know, I would say the other thing, like what it is not, um, and I think it's appropriate <laughs> to like our, you know, you're not welcome here, like what's not welcome <laughs> in sustainable tourism, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts, but the, um, like, I would say what it is not is it should not be, meaning like what is not welcome it shouldn't be unplanned for. It shouldn't go, mm-hmm. you know, sustainable tourism shouldn't be unmeasured or unmonitored, like be unruly and like the, the locals suffer, you know, at the, the mercy of kind of, you know, wealthier, um, potentially, you know, people from different cultures that come and just party and are kind of disruptive. But instead, it should be respectful and mindful of locals and all, while also providing a super high quality and meaningful experience for the visitors. So, you know, looking at, um, the idea of promoting destination stewardship. And so not just unplanned, not unmeasured, not unmonitored, but, um, and I would say some other elements that it should not be is exclusionary. So I Mm. think that, you know, it's in the best case scenario, tourism, you know, should be inclusive, not only of different genders and different races and ethnicities and and able-bodied people, you know, or versus, you know, uh, you know, non-able-bodied, but, you know, just overall you know looking at kind of access overall in the industry and so i'd say those are the main kind of what it is not you know so i'm curious to hear Mm -hmm. from you i know that your work especially around looking at um you know eco labels and kind of greenwashing so i'm super curious like playing off the name of the podcast like you're not welcome here like from what your perspective what things are not welcome in sustainable tourism yeah so pretty much how i how i started and what i don't welcome into the industry and I know that (laughs) I am a bit more radical some may say um, with my thoughts because I do like to poke holes to point out that the sustainable tourism industry sometimes isn't even all that sustainable and there's like a lot of problems that are within and so when I went into my master's I had discovered the beautiful world of sustainable tourism and I decided that At that time, I wanted to learn more, so I actually got a grant from the Global Sustainable Tourism Council. I went over to Bangkok, and I was learning about sustainable tourism in the basement of a Holiday Inn, and (laughs) I... Good place and to learn. <laughs> right? Seems a little bit contradicting, but that's okay. Um, but I I really keyed into greenwashing. And to me, greenwashing, and for those out there, and I think that there might be an episode on greenwashing later, um, that... <laughs> It is when a company will mislead on their sustainability practices um, for the social and the economic benefits of being perceived as sustainable. Um, That was the definition that I came up with. There's a whole spectrum, I think, of what you can consider to be greenwashing because there can be 
people who are just downright lying because they want it to give them the benefits of what you can be as perceived sustainable. But then I think that there's like a lot of imbalance of education. Um, and I think that that imbalance of education can come from people who are like gatekeeping sustainable tourism information and kind of understanding like how to access um, that journey pretty much. Um, so I connected that a lot with eco-labeling because in the eco-labeling industry world, just within like the travel and tourism industry alone, there's over 300 certifications. And then there's bodies out there who are saying that there's certain certifications that are more credible than another. And then there's, they're all owned by major international corporate brands and they can be quite costly and expensive. And it can be just really hard for and intimidating for local businesses to kind of break into. And then I also think there's like a flip side to it now where even like ultra luxury or people who think that they can define sustainable tourism themselves. Um, and so there's no like one standardization. And so I think like it's hard because eco-labels can, they're a great benchmarking tool, I think. But I also think that it's it's hard for you to judge someone based off of where they are on their sustainability journey because like not everyone is going to be able to meet all those criteria. Some people are going to be able to exceed it. Some people are just like trying to break into it and getting educated. And so I think like greenwashing is a very complicated topic and I just went into like a whole um, rant about it. And I think like, what, how to mitigate necessarily believe in eco-labels. I think that like you can undergo them if you want. Um, but I, I also think that they cause a lot of problems within the industry. So unless there's like one certified body out there or like one, one set definition, but we went into it earlier that there is no one set definition. Um, so I think really just like to talk about your point on inclusivity is to like kind of make it like a more welcoming and open environment and in my work I think that they're targeting the tourism boards and them investing within the local community and then also being able to spotlight the local and small businesses that are working towards sustainable tourism through like mindset and not just seeing it as like a marketing ploy um, that's that's what I would see like the solution to that um, and just being able to kind of educate guests and continue on these like sustainable journey or these sustainability journeys in businesses by building communities of sustainable suppliers and businesses and tourists so that they can all kind of bounce ideas off of each other um, and moving forward. And then another thing that I wouldn't welcome into the industry is uh, unethical online travel agency platform um, practices. And so I did a lot of research on this and I think like it's, it's very specific to Ecomatic and like kind of how I built up the model, but that's like the reason why I chose it to be more smaller and more localized businesses, because I think like a lot of corporate players out there are the ones with like the larger marketing budgets, which kind of ties back into greenwashing because they're able to bump themselves up to like the top of the listings. And then it's really hard for people to be able to find and support um, these local businesses that are actually doing really good and are, want to do good for their community. Um, so I think making it just overall more inclusive <laughs> for local and small businesses hits home to like my personal ethos about sustainable tourism as a whole. Um, but that's kind of how I, I link it to eco-labeling and greenwashing and online travel agency platforms and kind of how I've developed these like unwelcomed attributes of sustainable tourism that I don't necessarily agree with and trying to find a solution and putting that onto eco So, um, 
and rant. Um, but my last, my last question for you today, Kelly, is what do you hope that our listeners get out of this podcast? I would say first and foremost to connect with Egomatic. Like I think that like I can't even emphasize that enough because that like connecting with you and the organization, like what you're building to highlight you know, sustainable companies and giving travelers the tool to actually like find more sustainable destinations globally. Like I think that would be the first and foremost. So to introduce listeners to the resources that Ecomatic is rolling out on your platform and how to find those resources. So I think that would be kind of first and foremost. So can't give that big of enough of a, like a bigger plug than I possibly can. So I just, I really support the mission. I think, again, that's what connected you and I, like, I just really believe in what Ecomatic's doing and how that can help promote destination stewardship and give travelers the resources they need. I would say in addition to promoting Ecomatic and also um, connecting, it's not so much promoting Ecomatic, but more connecting our listeners to the resources that Ecomatic gives. So like the green guides, but also, you know, when the, the platform is live and, you know, you have like destination um, sections about sustainable businesses giving, um, you know, the listeners those resources. And I would say the second thing is just a very different and honest perspective about what sustainable tourism is and isn't from industry experts. So you and I have talked a lot about, and I know we've both gone to so many conferences and we kind of are bored with the overall, you know, perfect vision of what it should be, but we both know the reality of what that looks like in practice. And it's really freaking messy and hard to do. And I think that calling out greenwashing for what it is and the shit show, sorry for cursing, but the shit show that eco-labeling can be, um, you know, I think that's really important. And looking at kind of the subcategories that have been built around, you know, sustainable tourism and the opportunities that exist, you know, around regenerative travel, looking at transformational travel, looking at you know, different versions and iterations of how people can be, you know, a better steward, you know, in terms of when they're traveling. And so, um, you know, I think that we may seem like a drop in the bucket, you know, as individual travelers, but I think collectively, like our listeners and our decisions and actions make a difference in the overall health of destinations. And so um, I think that if we can, you know, get that message across that we do, our decisions do matter, um, you know, on a local and global scale, you know, as travelers, I think that would be the goal just to, to promote destination stewardship and to connect our listeners to the resources that Ecomatic has and so many other amazing organizations are doing too, um, you know, about, you know, promoting, you know, economic, social and environmental sustainability, um, you know, in destinations. So I'm curious, how about you, Jacqueline? What do you hope our listeners get from the podcast? Well, thank you, first off, for the plug. Um, <laughs> and so happy to have you as my co-host because we definitely uh, share a lot of the same values and thoughts on the tourism industry. Um, but from this podcast, I I really want to kind of piggybacking off of what you said is to really empower travelers to make more conscious decisions. And I think that like to do that, you need a lot of the facts. And it's it's hard. It's like a big industry. And like me and you have spent so much time even researching and where like I can still get confused about the industry sometimes. And there's like not always just like this perfect answer on like what can be considered sustainable versus what can't. So it's really just to provide this community where travelers can ask what is and what it is not and to be able to kind of like move forward with that and practice it as they do travel. Um, and through Ecomatic and providing this platform of just 
experiences, accommodations, shops, and eateries. I hope that our listeners can also connect with these businesses and learn why they are on the sustainability journey and what it means to them. And then hopefully that our listeners can kind of like bring that into their own mindset. And yeah, that's, that's kind of what I hope for people to get out of it and to just learn and listen and be along for the ride and laugh with us and <laughs> give their thoughts on the, on the industry. So thank you so much for listening, everyone. Tune in next week as we talk with leading experts to define sustainable tourism and what it is not. Until next time. Thank you all.